Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a blog at foodafan.com. Hello, my name is Leo. Uh, I'm Inquisitive Quill on YouTube and Inquisitive Quill on Instagram for over five to six years now. All right, so, uh, I, you know, as you already debuted for us, we have a very exciting guest today, Leo Falk of Inquisitive Quill. Actually, your YouTube videos, of your unboxings of Maruzen were really, really awesome. And I remember yeah. watching them like a few years ago and being like, oh man, I want to go to Maruzen. Wait, but weren't you, <laughs> oh, oh, you weren't in Japan already? I was in, I was in the UK at the time, at, at that oh, specific okay. time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I was uh, completing my master's degree. So I was like, oh, yeah, man, I really want to go to Marisen. So, yeah, thank you so much for all the content that you put out. Uh, I think it's just a lot of good stuff. And, you know, we have you here particularly because you are really a longtime uh, avid fan and collector of, of pens. And especially you used to come to Japan almost every year, right? Uh, I used to back before the coronavirus. I mean, I would still like to, but you know, it's, it's not possible. Yeah. Um, so today we have an awesome topic. We're going to try to focus mainly on pilots. I mean, there's just so much even within that brand. But before we mm. uh, go into that, we'll kind of skip the uh, regular acquisition stuff. Um, but we do have a tradition on this podcast. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, this tradition is that we read reviews. <laughs> okay. And this is actually Jacob's favorite part of, uh, of the podcast. So, um, we have, let's say, can we read two reviews today? Go ahead. All right. Um, let me see. So, we have the first review. It's from Crispiana via Apple Podcasts. Crispiana writes... Uh, five stars simply my favorite tokyo inklings is not just my favorite pen or stationary podcast it is actually simply my favorite podcast it is equally informative and easy to listen to the insights into japanese the japanese pen world is fantastic and so is the report between cy and jacob and the rest of the tokyo pen gang listening is like hanging out with your friends who just happen to be super up to date on all of japan's latest pen shows a fortnightly bright spot Thank you very much, Crispiana. Thank you very Hope, much. Hope uh, you're going to enjoy this session with Leo as well because he's super, super insightful. Uh, second review is from Girl Curl. Girl Curl gives us five stars on a podcast. Uh, informative and funny. I love these two guys. One is charming and laid back and one is brashly funny and very opinionated. <laughs> uh, really great podcast around Japanese pens and stationery and then a heart. So, what a great review! I, uh, that was a good one. Yeah, I I, I think I'm uh, I must be the <laughs> laid back one because you have wh- what did you call it? Um, strong opinions loosely held. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so are you are you cherry picking these or like only the five star ones? No, I'm reading them just from bottom to top. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's always uh, he's always surprised that people want to give us five star reviews. All right. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, really glad that you 
are able to tune in to, to all of our podcasts. We really, really appreciate uh, your support. Uh, one way that you can support us is to write a review or go on our website and leave a comment. Uh, you know, expand the community, tell a friend, tell, uh, tell somebody at your office, maybe somebody who likes stationery, make it your Instagram story, make it your Instagram post. All of those things help us bring in listenership. Now, with that said, we have just quick sailor news before we head into the main topic, which I'm sure everybody's dying to listen to. So, Jacob, tell us. Yeah, so just a quick update on this Plus and Sailor deal, because I keep hearing people talking about, you know, Sailor's new owners and how Plus now controls Sailor. So I just want to explain what, as of now, what has and hasn't happened with this deal. So... Right now, uh, Plus holds around 14% of Sailor's outstanding shares, which makes them the single largest shareholder, but it does not give them a controlling stake. And more importantly, this has not changed since 2018, I believe. But in, on top of that, obviously, as we have covered a few times, Plus holds a significant number of convertible bonds that were issued by Sailor last year. And if those bonds are to be converted to uh, equity, to shares, at that point, PLUS would become the, the controlling um, stakeholder of Sailor. But that has not happened yet. That has not happened yet. And there are two sort of reasons for that. One reason we mentioned before, which is that PLUS has set up a few um, criteria around profitability. We mentioned that before. Those are actually not legally binding because they are phrased in a way that would allow PLUS to convert anyway. But there's another more important factor here, which is called the conversion period. Um, I think we mentioned that before, but I could not find what the conversion period was. It was like seven years or something? Well, well so, the, the, so there's, the, there's the duration of the bond, but the conversion period is when you can convert the bond to equities. You can't just do that whenever you want. It has to be done within a time frame, which is sort of a shorter than the overall time frame of, of the bond. And this conversion period for this particular deal starts in July this year and goes, around, goes for about six years. So even if PLUS wants to, they cannot convert this bond on to equity until July this year at the very earliest. So I, I want to challenge you a bit about that because um, we've said also before that Sailor and Plus have entered into this relationship kind of wanting for Plus to to purchase Sailor, right? I mean, yeah. uh, the, the whole setup is geared so that Plus can acquire Sailor. Yeah. And given that, right, given that uh, there is this intention, given that they have the convertible bonds. I would argue that even if, legally speaking, they're not technically the controlling owners, when they have the meetings, you know, we we know who's really calling the shots there. Because if Sailor doesn't respect what Plus wants, then Plus can always have the choice to not convert. They have influence that goes beyond what they would have as as their as the single largest shareholder. That that, that is true. That is true. But my, my point is that there are they're not. I mean, Sailor is not owned by Plus at this point. But they yes, they have yes. uh, they have influence that goes beyond the, these fourteen percent. Yep. Yep. All right. Um. Yeah. Any thoughts about this, Leo? Yeah, I was just wondering. Like, like, like I know they're not. Uh, um, they don't own it yet, but like I'm sure that like surely the actions, the recent actions of Sailor have like 
slightly influenced by whatever decisions uh, 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 Plus ones. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's true. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see how uh, how this develops because you know we've already seen Ancora. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what's coming next. Well, sh- should we very briefly before we jump on you know the, the, the pilots, should we quickly cover this hundred tenth anniversary sailor pen? Pens. Pence, yes, three of them. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so on April 1st, which uh, everybody uh, in the West kind of associates with April Fool's, yeah. but uh, in Japan, it's just another day um, where people are going to work and nothing really happens. Um, so Sailor, uh, well, I said nothing really happens. Actually, something really big happens, which is the start of the new financial year. Yeah. So... Usually people would announce their uh, new products or uh, they would announce the direction of their company in uh, for the next year on April 1st, which is very, very unfortunate, I think, for the Western audience because then you'll never know if it's real or not. But rest assured, this is very, very much real. They are coming out with three pens. The first pen is called Premium, but it's written Sin. Um, so premium is the concept, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the concept is that you have all sorts of different like high quality metals kind of put together. So that's why you have the weird like black, gold, and mm. silver all in one pen. And the the core concept is to show the, the uh, original uh, beauty of these materials mm. all right <laughs> yeah that that's what i got out of the press release oh, yeah. the second is called uh kurogane which is a uh black um black coated a uh, pen which is in the general is in the same general shape um oh and i have to mention all of these have their new corporate identity logo stamped yeah. rather than the original uh, sailor logo. They have a weird um, bicolor plated nib where the silver is, I believe, uh, I believe it's on the outer yeah. ring, and then the gold is on the inner ring. And uh, and kurogane is to show kind of like the sleek kind of EDC matte mm. black kind of idea. And then they have this shirogane, which um, which I think is the most like it's it's such a huge misnomer because that like if you read it in kanji that means platinum right 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 but but they're using sterling silver yeah <laughs> but actually i think that one is is the prettiest of them all uh it's just that they cost about um the premium costs what $5500 and mm. and with tax and then the uh the others cost like $1100 so it's a bit hefty. I don't think I'll be getting one. And people are talking about this floating logo. So, Leo, what do you think about these new pens? Um, I think they're, it's, they're quite interesting designs. But when I first saw the, the, the photos, I was like, okay, that looks like... Um, well, the Premium's 21K gold ring just reminded me of an Ohashido. Mm. Uh, and the general shape was a little susutake. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, especially with the big uh, section drop. And the they, they don't have a clip. They, 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 they have those weird things on the end, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, they had that uh, roll stop. They, they have a knobbly uh, roll stop. Since 1911. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, okay, this is like some sort of mix between A, 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 Oshto, and, and but the back, yeah, like the back bit where you post uh, um, is just a cylinder, like a slightly uh, small cylinder. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I might get the sterling one. I don't know. That, that, that seems relatively yeah. affordable. And I like the callback on the nib because they're using the old anchor uh, style framing. Yep. Yeah. Oh no! And um, sorry, it's actually gold on the outside trim, and then uh, silver on the inside. Yeah, it, it's not the first time a sailor old anchor no. has done this. I know, like at least one Marizan, uh from the early two yes. thousands has that, yep. that, that like yep. reverse uh, rhodium gold style. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think, as you said, the silver one is probably the one to, to go for. Oh. What do you think about the pens uh, being all just rendered and we're not really seeing the, the actual pens? Uh, that, that, that's just, you know, that's just uh, prototype whatever. So we'll, 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 we'll see the real one, like, soon enough. Especially their, their new fancy black special, extra special, sturdy, durable black painting that they've promised. <laughs> We're different. <laughs> it's not gonna just yeah. flake off, apparently. So I think our our friend Fountain Pen Memes he had a perfect description of these pens. He called them Mecca Suzutake. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so it's a throwback to this bamboo um, style Suzutake pens, but obviously the material is is metal. I, I think it's a, a mix of new and old in a tasteful way. So well done, Sailor. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to see these in uh, in person. Um, they really went all out on this uh, on this release. They they've kind of taken this opportunity to really completely rebrand themselves. Um, I wonder if we'll be seeing this new anchor and this new nib design on other pens uh, eventually. Uh, and this is, I believe, the first time they've they've used this new uh, anchor. So design. the premium one has a floating finial like, like a Starwalker. And the other two just have like normal standard thing, I think. Um, so the, the, the premium one has this I think it's a bit so they, they all have Starwalker like okay. domes, I think. I, I'm looking at the Sailor uh Instagram post right now, and they seem to all have the domes. But the premium one, the base is a bit raised. Whereas the other ones are kind of more sunken. So, I think um, the actual finial on the on the other ones are flat, yeah, yeah. and then the one on the premium must have some kind of a texture. Uh, what, what are the limited numbers? I think uh, uh, um, the numbers for that are out as well. I think. Yeah, premium is one hundred and ten, and then the others are one uh, one thousand and one hundred, and this is obviously because it's their one hundred tenth <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> Which uh, which means that actually Sailor is the oldest uh, Japanese manufacturer of pens. But um, but yeah, so very exciting. These drop in May, and uh, and yeah, uh, we'll see we'll see if we get one. I'll probably not, but Leo, if you get one, let me know. Mm. All right. So let's move on to our main topic of pilots because Leo, I know you're you're quite a fan. 
is that fair yeah. to say? Is that fair it's to say okay. that you're I, a fan of pilots? I have a few pilots. That, you have a few pilots? Um, <laughs> I have a few pilots. All right, let's start, start off with uh, how many pilots do you have? Because you just let us on brilliantly. I have... That's a tough question. Ballpark. Um, <laughs> Ballpark, maybe... Somewhere between 100 and 200, I think. All right, so it's in the solid three digits. Yes. Okay, so it, no chance of it being like 99 or like less than... Definitely 100. under 1,000. <laughs> Definitely under 1,000. All right. Yeah. So, um, Pilot is, is quite a storied manufacturer, and obviously oh. they've, they've got a rich history. Um, and I just want to talk a bit about the founding of Pilot because... Um, you know, Pilot and Sailor, they both get their names from very similar places, right? Pilot yes. uh, is not a airplane pilot because I, I don't think airplanes no. existed back then. But um, mm. it's actually talking about a pilot of a ship. So can yes. you run us through a bit of the founding of Pilot? It's, it's kind of like a legendary story. Can I? <laughs> Do I know what my pilot is? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I, I think... I, I think... Some dude was like, "I want to make pens. Uh, let let's name it after the the, 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 the captain of the ship." And, and he was probably like, it was early 1900s, so it was probably influenced by the early watermen's and, and onotos that that, that were uh, imported over at the time. Yeah, and th- I believe they they the first name was Namiki, right? The uh, pilot wasn't something that existed until a bit later. Yes, in, in the first like. A decade or so, uh, the earliest ones are named Namiki because the, the the guy was uh, Namiki Ryosuke. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the co-founders they were both a student at some nautical college in uh, mm. in Tokyo, um, and I think they founded the company in 1918. But before doing that, before founding uh, Namiki, I think that the claim is that um, Mr. Namiki he made the first Japanese. Gold nib pen, so the first made in Japan gold nib pen. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's cool. Didn't know that either. But um, but Pilot, I mean, it certainly has had a lot of innovation. Um, as you both yes. said, um, Namiki, they they started making pens. Uh, even in the pre-war uh, time, they they changed yep. their name to Pilot in 1938, where it became um. Pilot pens and Namiki uh, kind of became more of their premium line, so more more of the high end series. Probably, like, 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 I think they sort of like they changed the name. They're okay with it, and then somewhere along the line, uh, um, Dunhill came along and was like, "Oh, you make pens, and, and like you do Machiavelli. Let, let let's do a collab." And, and and then maybe that's when they reintroduced their um, Namiki. Mm. A, a branding, maybe for possibly because they were marketing towards a Western audience, so a, 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 a Japanese name uh, name would have been more yeah. like fancy, cooler. Now tell me about that. Tell me about Dunhill Namiki. <laughs> uh, I, I, Dunhill Namiki is a whole different breed of 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 pilot. Uh, throughout the past century, occasionally. Dunhill has come in and said, "Hey, let's let's work together." And I guess that's where a lot of the uh, mystique and popularity around uh, Marquia comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when Pilot worked with Dunhill to make 
this sort of uh, the, the the fancy pens with um, with uh, with Machia. Uh A lot of the most I think maybe maybe they, they use the most classic designs. So so that, mm-hmm. that's where the idea of like oh it's a goldfish uh, a Machia comes from. I mean that's the the goldfish Machia is basically the the standard example that everyone everything posts when 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 like they they describe oh how is Machia done and, and it's just like the eight ten step process of some yeah. guy drawing goldfish. Yeah. Yeah. So so my understanding is that Pilot they hired like one of the one of the most famous like Machia artists in the country at the time and. He joined a company. He established this Kokokai group, and shortly after, you know, they they brought these Machia pens to like the UK, and and this Dunhill company yes. saw that, and hey, this is nice. We want to be part of this. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think it was Pilot really that introduced lacquering on pens, right? Um, are you just talking about plain lacquer or just or, plain or, lacquer? Because yeah, so yeah. if you look on some of the older pre-40s pens, some of the earliest, which are just like cylindrical sticks, um, they have patent numbers on them. And like, if you actually look up the patent number, it actually uh, refers to a US patent that describes um, a way of applying black urushi onto Evernight or other surfaces such that it stays black and doesn't oxidize and turn brown. Yeah, because the... um, the the problem was that in Japan, it's, it gets quite humid and mm. and hot in the summers. And if you have these ebonite pens, as, as pens were made back then, they tended to discolor and become brown uh, if you just have them in the storefront because of the sunlight, because of the humidity. And so what you had was these beautiful black pens that became brown and kind of like not glossy anymore. And so... They wanted to find a way to improve the the process. And I think um, the story that I read is that uh, storekeepers were complaining to the pen manufacturers saying, hey, these pens are, are discoloring. And that's when Pilot um, kind of tried to improve on the process and created this material called laconite. Ah, oh, yes, yes. And, and I think that's the pattern that you're talking about here, Leo, is that, you know, the application of of black urushi onto onto ebonite and other materials so that they would stay glossy uh, even in the kind of non-favorable weather conditions of Japan. So I think interestingly, if you go to Eboya's store today, well, I don't know if you can go today, but um, if you had gone to Eboya's store, they cover all of their pens in a cloth so that you can't see them unless you come and and ask to see them. And that's not because they're trying to be like exclusive or 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 kind of, you know, hey, I, we don't want you to touch our pens. It's actually because those pens will eventually discolor if they're shown uh with the bright sunlight coming in for a long time. I I I guess back then they're like, oh, this probably works for like maybe a decade or two, but actually I've accidentally come across like like a copy or two of these really old pens that I thought were plastic. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it was just it was just still very good black Urushi on, on, on Ebonite that, that had lasted like basically almost a century at this point. 
Yeah, and a lot of these old pens that we see, that we find on Yahoo Auctions and Mercari, they're actually surprisingly, like, most of them are lacquer if, you, if you're if you buying it before, yes. like, the 50s. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Pilot had a very, I think, simple design language when it came to their very, very early pens. I think the, the distinctive part and they did all sorts of fillers right? they did like lever fillers they did plunger fillers they did um inkidome um but i think the very distinctive uh part of their pens as opposed to all the you know i think there were like hundreds of different makers back then but their their clips right they had the ball clips and the sword clips uh very early ones i can't remember though definitely no clips they have um and they had the clip on clips uh i think bold First, don't quote me on this. I think sword clips come slightly later. Yeah, like, like maybe 30, like like thirty forties. Yeah, I I believe so, and and these are still design elements that we see in today's pens, right? So we we yes. have the the um, ball clip, which I I think is is a bit of a controversy in the in the West. Some people seem to really dislike them. Personally, they're my favorite types of clips. Um, so they have the, the ball clips on the regular uh, customs, and then they have the sword clip on the custom heritage. Yes. Um, which brings me to this, this idea of, of custom, because they had all these different design iterations, they had these design ideas, and you can see very early on in Pilot's history uh, a wide variety of designs, right? A lot of celluloid... Um, a lot of different shapes. Uh, and then you kind of get to this era around, I think, the 70s where they they slowly settle into the custom series. And I, I yes. don't think it's... I don't think it's an overstatement to say that the custom series is probably the most important uh, line of pens uh, in Pilot's history. Uh, I... I... I, I guess they're the most relevant in, in like the like, like the more modern era of the pens. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say. But you also have the capless, which predated the. the uh, yeah, that's why I, I'm, I'm willing to say it's the most yeah. important series because, like, as, as far as I'm concerned, they're all cool and fun. <laughs> <laughs> like because you still have like the the, the supers for that, and right. then you've got the even earlier everything before 1950 that that um, a lot less people care about because it's also hard to find. Within like modern like current knowledge, yeah, and, 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 like uh, everyone's like whatever remembers, it's I guess yeah, like like, like the longest running use of uh, a name in, in a pen model would would be the customs and the capless. Yeah, uh, and the, yeah, as you say, the capless actually predates it, right? And, and the capless is still they, they still do quite a variety of finishes. Yes. Yeah, and. What's interesting is that there was a period of time where the capless actually overlapped with the custom in terms of design language, right? Uh, I'm thinking about the early 70s when they did the yes. metal stripes. That is yes. And I think that was actually the first custom. Probably yes. Yeah. Um, so of, of the period of you know, long pilot history, do you have a favorite uh, era? Uh, I do. It is basically 70s and 80s, and the reason is because, uh, well, uh, it's the era where 
you can still get relatively like mint new world stock pens of this era mm. and they use uh this was right after the supers uh, um the supers of the 50s yep and so they started using um, the normal squeezy uh normal squeezy pilot converters like and the so they're very easy to right? clean yeah, yeah. And, and, and so um it's not very difficult to clean. Mm. Um, the, the, the filling system is easy. I don't have to scrape rubber sacks off anything or fix anything. Uh, and yeah, so, so that's, that's why I, I like um, models from the 70s, 80s, like the Deluxe and um, the Elites. Or at least the Elites that don't use um, the strange weird accordions or, or, or anything else. And oh, yeah. Just, like they just, just flush and use them. Yeah, the accordions are a bit difficult to restore, aren't they? Because you can't really find those sacks anymore. No, you have to make your own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, what a nightmare. Um, so, uh, let me ask you this uh, question. I guess it's really two questions. Um, do you have a favorite pen from the history of Pilot? Uh, one particular model. One particular model. I think... The one, <laughs> down to one, uh, would be a toss-up between the sixty-five and the seventy, which is, I mean, that pretty much covers all of Pilot's modern offerings. So, 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 so the, the sixty-fifth anniversary Pilot introduced the uh, the FK, the, the 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 round, not introduced. It it reintroduced that round-ended shape. Is that, that is that custom. the bo- the Barleycorn? Pen? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so that that introduced that reintroduced the the round shape mm-hmm. that you see on custom seventy fours mm-hmm. and, and the other ones, um, and also introduced the the con seventy in integrated format. Oh no! Oh, so you uh, can't remove that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't pull it out, but you can unscrew it, un- unscrew the the mechanism from the back and then clean it, clean it like that, uh, and also. The vest type from the seven, the seventieth anniversary vest vest type, which is the mm. flat end model. Yeah. So, so, so like, one thing about this vest type, I wanted to ask you. This might be a good time. So, it seems as if pilot, when they talk about the vest type, they sometimes talk specifically about this, you know, this um, brass and urushi model that you know Marisen and others had made very many special editions based on but also they seem to talk in general terms about flat top pens right so yes. how would how would you define a vest type pen uh i think that term was first used for the 70th anniversary mm. um so it, it's just a shape thing it's not really really material right, thing. Okay. So they've done it in plastic uh they've done it in resin Probably Evernight and also metal. Mm. Uh, I mean, the shape itself again is not new. Literally, the earliest pilots from the twenties were that shape. Right, right. Um, or some of them were, uh, except they added the the bow clip mm. with the uh, very elongated triangular clip uh, section that that sort of made it look like a, a dude in a um, three piece. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's super interesting. Um, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. And, and, and so some like like, like the my weird well, like thought processes. So and, and then for some reason, pilot has decided that they uh, this is now the 
the, the model of choice upon which to do their um, some of their fancy marquee work. Uh, mm. Like the two generations of Zodiacs and uh, the Mar- and also the pilot 100th anniversary uh, on the Seven Gods yep. were also uh, done yeah, yeah. in this size 10. And same with the Marazan models. It's like, right. they didn't go for the big not size 15, they went for size 10. Vest type. Yep. Yep. And there's no vest type for size 15, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, but I guess there's the... the 845, uh, 845 right? 845, yeah. Mm. The 845. Would you consider that a vest type? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so why not? Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested. This is this is interesting. Uh, what, uh, what's because the difference? The, the, the 845 is very different in the fact that uh, the it, it has extra rings, which means the, 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 the cap top and the body back where, where, where piston knob would be is uh, is a separate piece. It, it's like screwed on or glued on at the back with a ring in between. Um, and it has extra like three extra rings on the cap, cap rings, which is different from a vest type where it's the, the body is just one 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 piece. The cap is one piece. The clip looks like it was uh, inserted in through a small rectangular gap. Right. So that's what we see, kind of um, on the emperors, right? Uh, yes. The emperors with clips. Like the ban a the, the, the old style of doing clips. Okay. Yeah, just just like okay. Just drill a hole. In the but but so, if so. but if you go to a pilot, the pilot has this website for for the custom model, like a pilotcustom.jp, I believe. Yep. On that website, they actually refer to like custom heritage heritage nine twelve as vest type. So that's where they seem to use that term in a more sort of general sense for flat top models. Yes, like I guess it has been. It, 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 it gets muddied when pilot does this sort of stuff, but I will, I will do my best to interpret whatever pilot <laughs> decides is vest type. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really argue with the decisions of the company. I just, I just archive and say, okay, here, here's where they were very confusing with their marketing and designation of models. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and what about like, I mean, we mentioned your favorite model across all the periods, but what about something that you can buy in the store right now? Like, do you have a favorite model that you can buy in the store right now? Absolutely, it is the eight two three. Eight two three. <laughs> I, I I am very boring. It's like, um, yes, I have, I have custom Marushi, I have emperors, I have a bunch of pretty much everything from from my, my recent era. But I've basically used an eight two three for. It was maybe the third or fourth pen I ever bought. Uh, actually, it was for my first trip to Tokyo in 2016. Mm-hmm. and I ordered it. Uh, off Amazon.jp to my hotel, mm. and I, 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 it has never left rotation. It, it's like the the fourteen k f eight two three in amber, because back then brown was a very um, adventurous color to have for a pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I have not stopped using it since. I no cracks nor anything. So I have a follow up question about your 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 pen collection and preferences. So I'm, first of all, I'm not going to ask you what pen you're still looking for because th- that might make it harder for you to, to find it. <laughs> uh, 
yes. but instead out of the pens that you have collected managed to find over the years which one took the most effort which was the hardest one to find uh hardest to find would be hmm. i don't think uh i think they're all I don't think there really is a hardest to find that I can say specifically because a lot of the time it, it's like very opportunistic. Mm. Like, like I, I go to Japan once, twice a year, uh, mostly to like Wagner and, and like all the other shows, and um, sometimes you, sometimes you just see it and then mm. then, then, then then it appears, and, and so um, and and so. A lot of times, the rarest pens might just be like sheer coincidence and like right, right. quite zero zero effort. And then once you are, once you uh, get the rarest pen for like a surprisingly low amount of effort, and then you spend a lot of effort trying to get the more regular models mm. for like the next two years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think that's been our experience at some of these pen trading events that we go to. Sometimes you find pens that we think are like super rare, and we, th- yeah. we like, you see them for a good price, and you ask yourself, why isn't anyone else buying this right now? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think um, one of our friends from the U.S. She was at Wagner, and uh, she picked up a Sailor Mercada for about twenty yeah. um, k. Japanese yeah. yen, so that's like two hundred dollars. It's like under half of MRSP. Yeah, and I mean they would go for much more now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, kind of a follow up question to that: what, yeah. Why are pilot pens so collectible? Uh, I think pilot pens are incredibly collectible because they have over a hundred years of history. They have they. They are probably the maker with the most filling systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even my even the big collectors in Taiwan would agree, because back in the early days, they tried everything mm. and made Sounds up like some a different their own company. weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like they like they had their safety pens. They had their um, their their, their vax. Their, 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 um, they also had their own weird filling drinking system things um, using like celluloid slash glass cartridges or whatever. Um, so filling systems, a ton. Nibs, also I think Pilot has made the greatest variety of nibs over the past hundred years. And I'm not just talking about like sizes because even back in the 20s and 30s they were doing what zero one two three yeah all the way up to like four yeah, five six. six eight ten twenty fifty at least those yep. models I, I can't remember anything else off the top of my head uh, so at least that selection of nib sizes over the past hundred years um, again also materials mm-hmm. uh, yeah like celluloid and like everything um, and on top of that uh, not just nib size but also nib shape. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, not, like they've done the normal nib shape. They've done, um, they've done hooded. They've done like uh, like these kind of like diamond shapes. They they've done like inset with uh, with a raised diamond. Right, even just the inlaid nibs is, is just well, how many different sizes and how many different shapes and like how about yeah, the, yeah at least ten everything that came from the mu to the volex to yeah. the 
to, to the falcon, which has a completely different shape to like a normal nib. They've done that, which means they've also had to like make special shaped feeds for, for, for like things yep. like the modern falcon. Um, so there's that. And then finally, on top of all this, the thing that, like, like, like the cherry on top is that they date code everything. That's the mm. worst part if you're a collector. Because <laughs> suddenly you can see, oh my god, it has, it has year and month and possibly even day as well. Gotta find the right and, and, month. And so you can, you can start collecting stuff just because there are numbers associated with them. You're like, oh, 70s. How about if I find the 50s? 40s? 30s? 20s? <laughs> yeah, so so yeah. that, like, that, that's just basic. Even though it wasn't meant for, like, the average user, the, the fact that they coded everything, even if it was for their own personal reference, um, I guess makes Pilot, uh, uh, like, like super, super funny collectible. Awesome. Do you have a uh, pen from, you know, this vast history of models do you have something that you want to revive uh want to revive probably not you want them to stay collected <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> um do i really want to revive anything i i think i i don't actually have these sorts of thoughts because 90 percent of my pilot brain power is just devoted to to categorizing and sorting everything that they've made into some semblance of order mm-hmm. that, that I don't really like. Yes, I can appreciate them. Would I want them to make? Well, like if they make a new model, that just that, that's just more work for me. It's not, it's not really uh, um, like. Do I want anything? I'm 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 happy just just watching them, mm-hmm. watching their progress, and like like seeing yeah. where they go. They should make more colors in the eight two three. They should make a purple one. Can't just dye your own <laughs> transparent A two three. Ah, what a great idea! <laughs> yeah, yeah, just dunk it in base state blue and like see what happens. They should make an A two three with a Pilot Super Ultra five hundred nib. Yeah, that, that that's great. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> well, I yes. I may or may not be working on something like that. But anyways, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so you you mentioned the wide variety of uh nib offerings and i just want to talk about like the the nib widths right i think pilot is the most prolific manufacturer of nib widths and like nib variations i'm not talking about just in japan i'm talking about like i don't think any other pen maker has made more variations this includes like wall ever sharp includes like uh schaefer you know all these uh, brands that people associate with great nibs right so if I count today, like today, because we usually associate Pilot with like, oh, boring, black trim, you know, pens, mm. kind of not very interesting. But today they make 15 different types of nibs. Yeah. Right? And like, it's on a very easily accessible board, like a 74 and 742 as well. Yep. And there are nibs I wish they, they would make, like, so for example, I, would, I wish they would make a size 15 music nib. <laughs> that would be awesome. But, yeah. you know, I have to hand it to them. They they make a huge variety, and there are even some nibs that are retired, right? Some nibs, and I don't have yes. uh, a kind of list at all. But what I do have is they had OB, which wasn't really yeah. an OB. No, well, it was a broad that they sort of uh, 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 ground to like a mild ten fifteen degree angle, so it's still yeah. blobby. 
Um, and I've seen those on uh, on sixty sevens. Yeah. Uh, um, I I've seen an HF. Do you know what's an HF? Yes. So the seventieth anniversary introduced the the vest type, and then that was a limited model. And then and then for, a, for like maybe a period of maybe ten years, they 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 made a uh, a normal version of that, which was the custom seventy two. Hmm. So not 74, 75 is round top, 72 is a flat top yep. that looks just like the 70th. And for those, they offered them in HF, HM, and HB. Uh, probably referring to like hard, hard fine, hard medium, and hard broad. And like those are quite stiff. And if you want to know what it feels like, uh, even though I believe they were size 10, they feel just like the modern Heritage 92, the, the, the piston filler mm-hmm. lips. Mm. I like that. Very stiff, and uh, I like I like smooth. Do you think the ninety two and the and the seventy four have different nibs? Um, I. It's like I don't think so, but for some reason I feel all the all all the pilot all all all, all those pilot piston filler nibs like seem like just very stiff for some reason, like stiffer than normal for some reason. I, I, I don't know why. That's interesting. Maybe it could be the way that they do their housing, because obviously, um, the section is is very different, right? Yeah, but that was a weird thing I noticed because like you use a bunch of seventy fours and then you move to this like it's what's what essentially the same number five rodian plated nib. Yeah, in it's just rodian plated, and then suddenly you're like, oh, that, 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 that's different. So it's like there's less give for some reason. But also, uh, I've heard that the older seventy four nibs because. Um, something that not everybody would know unless they pulled the nibs is that the shape of the feet has actually changed, and so has the shape of the yes. the the nib. Because in the older versions, so I'm talking about uh, 67, and then the early parts of 74, yeah. they don't straight. have the notches. Yes, they're so just straight. Exactly, mm. and the feet is is just straight as well. And those nibs were softer. Yes, that that, that may be like a mild shape thing. I I, I guess the extra notch shape makes it slightly more stiff I guess yeah and I, I I believe Pilot is the only uh, manufacturer in Japan this is kind of an aside but Pilot is the only manufacturer in Japan who makes their own tipping so Sailor and Platinum buy tipping from other companies oh cool I did not know that <laughs> this tipping is actually from, from Hokkaido so it's all made in Japan <laughs> <laughs> what, what was this Hokkaido Iridium <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's like the third export after the uni and the other seafood. <laughs> <Iridium. laughs> yeah. Um, we also see this uh, outside of the hard find. We saw extra smooth from Itoya. Uh, yeah, that was a mildly weird. Okay, so so you say that was from Itoya, but I feel like I feel like I've seen uh, promotional material from the nineties. Where they it was offered, but I think again it was a very like, like very short lived or tiny offering. Um, where they offered these uh, the the ES, which is which which they were like this is extra smooth, um, in in FM, M, and B. So like I think at least three sizes. Yep. Uh, in left and right oblique, left oblique and right oblique, and and possibly even like. Two, I think left foot oblique also came in like two two angles, like mm-hmm. fifteen and thirty or something. 
Mm. So, so, so in, in total, it, it was like basically three different oblique shapes. You, uh, and you have some of these, right? Uh, oh man. <laughs> I, I have one with the size. I, I, I have one of each size marking. Mm-hmm. But I don't have all, all nine. I just have three. <laughs> I mean, like it's and it and it's just a. It, it looks like they 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 took a normal FM M and B and then they um applied a slight angle to it, so mm-hmm. it fits. So it might fit your 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 handwriting style if you write right at a o, o, oblique angle. Hmm. And, and that's interesting that they called it extra smooth because I would imagine that a ball shape should be theoretically yeah, smoother. Yeah. So it's like. Extra smooth for a tiny percentage of people who who have weird writing, writing angles. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and I, I am sure I'm missing a lot of other uh, uh, retired specialty nibs. Um, uh, can there... I just talk yeah. about some? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So so so, so <laughs> modern pilot has five, ten, and fifteen. I'm not including thirty. Thirty was a very recent invention. Um, five, ten, fifteen, and 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 um. Uh, and they come in 14k and 18k, except 18k usually is reserved for their fancier stuff. Yep. Except Pilot mm. has been getting lazy in the past decade. Okay, um, bad Pilot. And only offer the 18ks in like, maybe up to four or five nib sizes, like uh, F, M, B, G, B. Uh-huh. Uh, but back in the 90s, um, they would offer them in like soft, fine, and soft, fine, medium, and soft, medium oh. in 18k. Yeah, I've seen these on uh, Yahoo auctions, especially on the um, not the not the regular nibs. Yes, you, you, usually I found them on the uh, the seven four five and the seven four eight series, mm-hmm. which was a bunch of um, gold plated and sterling silver uh, polycom pinstripe uh, yep. round top pens in the style of the Mont Blanc one four six. Yes. Uh, Pinstripe and Balikong. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and like back then they had, um, like, like three three soft versions in eighteen K, which is like right. incredibly unusual. You don't really see them these days. Yeah, and they they also did like up to like twenty two K, right? Uh, Pilot did up to twenty two or twenty three K. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of different variation here uh, yes. that you can see, and you know, there's just a lot of a lot of history there's one nib in particular that i wanted to ask leo about because oh. i i, I f- saw it mentioned very briefly in um tsunamistan's book but i can't find much information about it it was something called a signature nib uh, those are not too rare you see them um you see a lot of uh the pocket pens with the right. nail style nibs uh with signature on them what does it mean? I can't remember. For signature, is it soft? Possibly. <laughs> um, they tend not to be very. It, 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 they tend not to be very fine. It's like on the medium to broad side of things. Mm. And um, yeah, that, 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 that's all I can say. Sorry, like they, it is common if you chase pocket pens. I, I believe. Ah, I see. I got, I'm gonna have to go look for some pocket pens then. Yes, like, like I, I seriously do not have that information on. The whole bunch of pocket pens mm. and their like script and well manifold is easy. Ma- ma- manifold was like clearly like like they folded a, a, a whole bunch of times, so it right. would like be right. stiff for cotton paper. Uh, but but script 
they, they have script soft and script soft manifold and signature. Hmm. And, okay. Yeah, I've and their seen meanings script. are possibly not as clear as they might obviously like like, like describe. It's like script was like it's like for script. What so for Japanese script? I I should stop talking at this point because I don't know enough to talk about it. <laughs> but like I, I I remember people saying like script was it was not necessarily for a Western script. It may have been for uh, uh like like uh for Japanese script or something. So, so it has a very specific and not extreme softness and shape. And that kind of brings me to my favorite controversy around Pilot. Uh, a lot of people claim that uh, the Pilot FA nib uh, has um, flow problems because they were designed to write Japanese script. <laughs> oh, no. Give us your take. <laughs> the Pilot FA? Okay, we're, we're saying specifically F A, right? F A. Oh no. Um, <clears throat> so the pilot Falcon or F A has a long and storied history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they've been doing it since uh, since the thirties. Yep. They, they they have. So in the earliest thirties, they uh, pilot had Falcon marked nibs. They had cutouts. Yep. It was marked Falcon. It had cutouts. So you have that bunch, and um, they did this for from the thirties to. Uh, 30s. It is in 30s. It, it, those weird vintage models that I don't collect much because it's difficult to. They did this cutout thing in in the supers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they exist on, on Pilot Super uh, series from the 50s. Uh, they exist on the 70s in the custom series. It's not an inlaid nib. It uses the nail type nib. Um, and like, they also have cutouts cut, cut, cut on those. Yep. And that's like 60s. And then in the 70s, or like late 60s and 70s, they introduced the Ilabo. Mm. Otherwise known as the actual, what, what Pilot now calls the Falcon. Mm. And that's in the West. No, no cutouts. That's the, that's more like a Falcon beak. Right. Yep. Like the beak shaped. And so that's a separate fork in the, in the road. And so they've been doing that in old and new. And then, they kind of stopped doing it uh, until they were reintroduced in the 742, which is probably like in the 90s, like 2000s, um, and then and then went back to like offering this this cutout model in size 10 and size 15. And I'm gonna go on a mild sidetrack here and, and to we say love that, sidetracks. Yes, uh, <laughs> great uh, because I recently. Finally got a size, so so the weirdest thing for the longest time was that the the size ten FA is softer than the size fifteen FA. Yes, mm. and that is uh, well known now, especially amongst the Taiwanese bunch who have been modifying it and like doing weird sawtooth cuts or whatever uh, since since the dawn of time, and the size ten has always been softer. And I recently got hold of a size fifteen soft fine. Okay, and the size fifteen soft fine is also stiffer than the size ten soft fine. No, so, huh? How how's that happen? Maybe it's because the exact proportions of the size ten pilot nib are not like it's it's not exactly scaled up to the fifteen. So so it's a fifteen. Maybe it's a slightly different um, width versus length, time length, and everything. And so the size fifteen nibs will tend to be 
stiffer than their size ten counterparts due to some proportion issue. But I've also what? I've also found that smaller nibs do tend to be more flexible. I mean, if you look at vintage nibs, all of those mm. like super flex nibs. Yes. You know, a lot of people like to say. Oh, you know, larger nibs are 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 uh, more soft or whatever. I mean, like clearly that's wrong because all the yeah. size two, the the, the the unbranded size two gold nibs from from, from like on my vintage pens are, are like usually pretty soft. Exactly. So so like that does not exist in the pilot world. It 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 doesn't work. You want soft, you go size ten. And as for yeah. like railroading, um, I don't really experience that much railroading. I'm also. I'm also not very adventurous with my inks. Um, you don't abuse your pens. I don't really. I mean, maybe back when I was um, early on, I might have pushed the FA a little more. These days, I I write with a much lighter hand, um, mm-hmm. or, or at least I try to apply the same pressure to every soft nib so I can sort of have an idea of their relative softness. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, F- I, I, I. F- feel like because different color inks have different color dye compositions and all these different dyes have, have different viscosities, I guess my theory my theory, not theory. Um I I, I think that there are some super thick ink super thick inks like the nanoparticle ones from Sailor. Mm-hmm. Um they don't really railroad rail, railroad much. Mm. But you mentioned you mentioned that these FA nibs have been around for decades now. So mm. What what about the pre seven four two FAs? Were they all on pens with ebonite feeds? Uh, no. The early the earliest ones would have been on ebonite because mm. 20, it was twenties back then. But if you look at the one from the the seventies, the, the the pilot super and the pilot elite right. custom that 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 um from the that, like that era, they those things barely have what you would even call a feed. Right. Like, like some of those models, it was literally just a plastic bed with a line drawn down it as like the time to, to draw ink down. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the other more annoying ones had like a tiny landing strip of, of sponge as the feet. <laughs> and that's all it was. And like, but, but also those, um, those, those have great hairlines and they don't really go as, they don't, some don't go as wide as, as like one FA, but the hairlines were better. So, um, like, I have, ex- I myself have not really experienced too much trouble with railroading. Maybe I feel like um, light-colored inks, like like my yellows and oranges, might like to railroad more, uh-huh. and maybe my greens might like to railroad more. But railroad more, but like the other, the other colors seem to be pretty okay. So, so as long as you avoid toner and limes, you should be fine. That seems to be <laughs> really is that what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... And we did ask retailers here, yeah. and the, the funny thing is, I think everybody in the West always says, oh, these are made for, for Japanese script. But then here, mm-hmm. you know, it seems that everybody says, actually, they're made to, to write, you know, Western calligraphy. Yeah, even Pilot's own pen doctor <laughs> told me that. Yeah, they were really confused. They're like, who said that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, the only thing that I would like to say about the FA nib is, is that it's pretty incredible. Like, here's where I'm totally filleting Pilot here, um, um, which is it's pretty incredible that Pilot is managing to like mass produce or, or like like very, very like mass produce the FA nib in an automated fashion, and yeah. that and that still 
does in an affordable way yeah affordable it flexes and they make tons of it without massive issues as far as i know yep 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 totally agreed um incredible Last uh, last part of the the episode today, um, I want to talk about. You are a shareholder. I am not. Oh, you're not a shareholder. No, that, that that's too much trouble. I I just buy them <laughs> when, when they appear on the market. <laughs> so, um, I don't have about... money to buy shares. I bought all the shares. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell easily when. Pilot distributes those shareholder gifts because I think like a few weeks ago suddenly in America it was yep. a shock full of them. Yep, there were this year it's a custom ninety one uh, flat top in transparent in blue. In, blue uh, yeah. The, the new transparent shareholder blue, whatever, you, whatever that is. Right, but but there, are, but there are two tiers, right? So if you have yes. a thousand shares or more, you get the nice stuff. If you have one hundred to one thousand, yes. you get some ballpoint. You get a a bigger box with. Cheaper offerings. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it's usually whatever um, new, like newer stuff they've introduced. Sometimes, yeah, it, it was just that. I mean, I, I still get it just cause, like for, for archive purposes. For archive purposes. <laughs> yeah. You know, just one day I will make a pilot museum on my own. Nice. They should and bring like, that back. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I think every other year. I feel like they seem to alternate between a fountain pen and a non-fountain pen. Hmm. So, like, this year was uh, a 91. Uh, last year was the timeline set of ballpoint and mechanical pencils. And the previous year, uh, like, the year before that was the capitalist. And yes. the year before that was the grants mechanical pencil and ballpoint. Yes. And then before that, I, it, it gets blurry. I... <laughs> Apparently, it's a grants as well. Okay, I, 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 I didn't know they released the, the grants in consecutive years. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it says the fountain pen grants. Mm. So, um, I kind of want to become a shareholder, but it. But what's costs... the monetary commitment according to the current pilot? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's it's thirty five dollars per share now. So it would be, uh, I mean, it would cost me three point five million Japanese yen, which I don't have. Yep. <laughs> Uh, just, just, just sell yeah. pens, you know. <laughs> Cheaper to buy them on the secondary market. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So um, this was a fantastic episode. Thank you so much, Leo. Are there any closing thoughts that we want to want to end on? I just want to ask Leo one last question, if we have time. <laughs> sure. So I, I remember watching his uh, YouTube videos back mm. back in the day when he did lots of them. You know, especially. The ones where he did his, you know, Japan uh, uh, pen shop hauls with Kingdom yes. Notes and so on. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of sailor pens, I think, back then. Especially, you know, oh, you, you no. got every every exotic pro gear that Kingdom Note had at the time, yeah. right? It seems as if your focus has shifted away from sailor. Is that correct? And if, in that case, why? Yes, you have developed, you have discovered my dark and sordid path with sailor. Um, <laughs> I mean... I empathize with every single sailor chaser out there right now, um, because I used to be one, and then I just burned out. <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> like, like, like the volume of of of, of special editions um, just got too much for me to handle, and, and I got horribly uh, um, emotionally uh, thunderstruck 
like, but, like <laughs> there was just too many, too and, many, and, and, and I couldn't get them. And so my final choice was just to can't get them. I'll just leave them and just give up on my on my relationship with with, with Taylor uh, Special Editions. I mean, I still have a little bit of a connection, like maybe once every few years. I'm like, oh, that's pretty. Maybe I should get one. Right, right. <laughs> and then I buy one, um, with not too much regret. Yeah, sailors. Uh, they are. They're very, uh, you know, difficult to collect. And it's just it's just getting worse, right? Or better, depending on your perspective. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, thanks a lot. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much. My name is Cy. You can find me on my website at TokyoStationPens.com, on Instagram at TokyoStationPens, and on Twitter at TokyoStationMNH. And my name is Jacob. I am Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter, and I have a blog at Fudafan.com. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Inquisitive Quill on YouTube, uh, which. I might promise to have one one video a year, but mostly I post daily on Instagram at Inquisitor and I've been doing so since mid 2016. All right, thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye bye.